The long-awaited follow-up to Arrested Development, Nintendo's got a brand new console, and sometimes dead is better. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's pop culture time machine taking you back each week 30 20 and 10 years ago into the past of movies tv Ooh, and very unfortunately knew this news this week but yes this week i'm not truly excited to talk about anything but some of the weirdest occurrences in history mm-hmm. happened this week around some of the dullest media dull, dullest traditional media releases yeah that have ever occurred i mean i guess everyone's just watching the news so yes there's the news Good. is your best thing to Might watch well. this week yeah. so holy shit everything uh. else kind of gets gets lost in the shuffle hi i'm one of your hosts chris antista i'm mushy video game console diana goodman it's me, Sarah, and I knew better than to mess with Beyonce. <laughs> See? See what I'm talking about? That's our takeaway. Uh, so we're talking about April 19th to the 25th. Happy birthday to my mama. Uh, reminder that I haven't gotten her anything yet, but she didn't install her $20 bidet from last year. Who yeah. doesn't want a $20 bidet? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Is it one of the ones you clip onto the side of the toilet? Yes. It looks like a, it looks like a giant's Bluetooth earpiece. <laughs> Seems like you could just... Take your hose and just like <laughs> bring it into your house and then clip it onto your. Yeah, put an attachment on your sink and just hold your uh, asshole to it. Maybe yeah, it's. I was, yeah, I was in a house that had one of those and it had like so many settings and functions and stuff. Like, I'm like, I'm going to sit on this toilet like it's the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> uh, Make it so. This is a <laughs> perfect way to bring us into the depressing news of 1989, April 19th to the 25th. I, I just added this. It's the least depressing news. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been talking on, on this podcast and Laser Time this week, which is about WrestleMania guest stars. So you don't have to like wrestling, but here's how real celebrities embarrass themselves Ooh. in the WWE arena. Uh, I feel like I've talked a lot about Morton Downey Jr. and recommended the documentary Provocateur because mm. it's hilarious. He is a pre-Alex Jones sensationalist, a total liar, horseshit, terrible person, stoking the worst instincts in all of us. Mm. And as his popularity was waning this week, he was, air quoted, attacked in a San Francisco bathroom by... Oh, God, I remember this. Right. You've lived in San Francisco. You lived in adjacent to San Francisco, as have I, Diana. Uh, not... Oh, but a lot more interesting things have happened in those bathrooms than when <laughs> That's how I knew he was lying. Yeah, Sam, like a bunch, so a bunch of skinheads paid their airfare, came in to attack you and draw with magic marker on your face and shave your head. Mm. It would turn out he did this to himself and proclaimed... He was attacked by people who didn't like his agenda. Sure, and I and the A only tale as old as time. It's just yeah. The only the only thing that's that's great is that I think people don't stage these kind of shit. Don't stage this kind of shit for themselves because they see the fallout of when you're found out to be a fucking liar. Well, there was, I mean, there yeah. was kind of a recent one during the election mm-hmm. where a, a girl who claimed that she was attacked by Democrats for supporting <laughs> Trump. That's right. And that was mm-hmm. that was pretty bad because everyone she, apparently something was like drawn on her head or like scratch into her head, but it was backwards because she looked in a mirror. Yeah, oh, yeah that's it. right. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was fun. But high yeah, profile. There was one, it was uh, 2000, I don't remember if it was the 2008 or 2012 election where it's like, I was attacked by Obama supporters and I'm tweeting the whole way while I'm driving around this neighborhood. And it's like, they could have drawn an O on you and they drew a B and it was backwards because <laughs> you did this because you're an idiot. In my head, this story sounds amazing. Uh, these <laughs> pussy snowflake liberal Democrats violently attacked me. 
Which way do you want it? Um, <laughs> anyway, I said that's the least depressing news because this is kind of the end of this man and he's dead not soon after this. But mm. we have that great documentary with Provocateur. If you want to know more about the namesake for Morton Koopa Jr., one of <laughs> Bowser's seven Koopa kids in Super Mario 3. For real. Do you think, do you think he was jealous of Geraldo getting his nose broken by Klansmen like six months ago? I think that's. I think he saw that happen. That he needed that heat. Because yeah. his ratings were in decline and his shtick was old. Didn't have mm-hmm. Tawana Brawley to throw around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but even uh, even more depressing and related to our, our current world. Oh, that, my God. Why is this still relevant? I hate it so much. I, we um, would never talk about it anymore, probably, if not for the man who spearheaded, I don't know, the public evisceration of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, April 19th, 1989 uh, was the Central Park Five attack. We can call it that. I don't know what else to call it because it... Uh, God, going back into it, I rewatched a documentary about it, which I will recommend, uh, just called the Central Park Five. So two separate events were happening in Central Park in the same evening, and they became one event, and it's a disaster for justice. So at one end of the park, there were about 30 black and Hispanic teens wilding, they called it, or people started to call it. They assaulted some people. They robbed some people. You know, they were just a giant mob of kids fucking around violently at the same time though elsewhere in the park uh, a woman was grabbed raped brutally beaten put her in a coma for two weeks you know thought they would she would never walk again and stuff and uh the cops immediately grabbed a bunch of black and latino teenagers who may or may not have even been in part of the wilding part um questioned them without their parents without lawyers for hours and hours and hours elicited confessions out of them some of them uh and uh yeah they didn't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> here's yeah. the bad news yeah one of them i think was 14 the rest of them were like 16 17 18 um a couple days well actually i think it's may 1st donald trump takes out a ad in the newspaper saying we need to bring back the death penalty for these fucking animals oh Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Oh, my God. The tabloids go crazy over it about how, like, oh, the kids are out of control. Ah, black people are scary. Um, yeah, eventually there's there's a plenty of physical evidence. They tested DNA on the evidence. It comes back that it's none of those kids. And the mm-hmm. cops lie and they say it's inconclusive. And these guys go to jail. And the current president won't denounce. <laughs> yeah. Won't back He's down. He won't back down from either. Yeah. He says they should all have been killed and and, and they didn't fucking fuck. do it the guy who did do it by the way fans of uh law and order svu will know him right away because uh, a headline about him is part of the credits he's the east side rapist he's the one who did it mm. dna proved it mm-hmm. he confessed well i guess to lo- know a little more about the man the mad king in charge of us all this is technically <laughs> the closest thing he's done to charity he used his own money to take out that ad. Wow. Well, we know about his other charity. Look I'm at skeptical. that one. <laughs> uh, but yes. Did, did he get paintings of himself donated to the jail cells of these? And then brag about it on Twitter. Who, oh, yeah. what a silly king. You know, yeah. Who got freaking railroaded. And the poor woman, uh, she eventually came forward and wrote a book that, you know, because she was beaten so badly, she couldn't remember what happened. So mm-hmm. was she attacked by one guy or by five? Well, Let's just grab some black teenagers, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was very, mm-hmm. very racially charged, uh, very, very unfortunate. And uh, the lawsuits have, like continued until like, a couple of years ago, I think. They they finally got some money out of the city for their wrongful convictions. And 
emotional distress and libel and having their lives completely fucked because yeah. they well, went to jail for something just heinous that they didn't do. Oh, okay. I am too. Our president is garbage and always has been. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just got done with my taxes. I can't handle any more depressing news. Mm. But, but this, oh, this. It was so depressing. It was like, I'm going to find, I'm not sending you a dime I don't have to send you. Because <laughs> I just imagine him sitting there with a big pile of money like he did with a big pile of cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> and, but this week, I, I did not, this rarely happens when a remake comes out yeah. almost to the day of the new version yeah. of, of the original. Mm-hmm. Right. Meanwhile, uh, so yeah, watch the Central Park 5 documentary by uh, Sarah Burns, Ken Burns's daughter, and it's very, very good, and it will make you very upset about all the problems in our justice system. And then we get one movie. One movie. Wow. One movie this week. Wow, wow, wow. But it's, but, but it's so timely. But it's technically a big one. Dale Midkiff, Denise Crosby, and Fred Gwynn. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judge? I have Marines. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judge? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts. That's not thought of. Something really bad. You're thinking to put him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Oh, this movie. Oh man. Uh, this is this is so strange. I saw this movie very late, just a few years ago. Yeah, I watched it in preparation for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. mainly because I'm a huge baby and I have not seen any horror movies. But this year, being on the podcast, especially Halloween month, has made me much more interested and intrigued so i figure why not start getting into the canon uh, and this one's this is not this bad is a good one to start because yeah. it's mostly creepy right it's not like it's a slasher until mm-hmm. it gets to the end where it's creepy but also scary and, mm-hmm. but not violent well mm. i'm still i'm a bit traumatized by what happens to fred gwynn i saw yes. this at a <laughs> slumber party probably about 91 92 god this is Ugh. a perfect slumber yeah, party movie it is ah this probably started off everyone's Achilles heel fears, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> to me, but, I just watched it and like this was one of the one of the more unremarkable Stephen King movies that I'd seen. It's and, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And people were asking me about the remake. I'm like, do you really want a remake of that? Like, it's fine, but it's such yeah. a tiny story. Yeah. Uh, and and there's so many other Stephen King stories I'd rather see adapted. I'd rather someone remake The Shining than than remake Pet well, Cemetery. They already did that. I know. Stephen King did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam and uh, my stepson saw Pet Cemetery in the mm-hmm. theaters, the new one. And mm-hmm. Sam did his good dad thing of I was like, so how was it, guys? And Sam was like, it was great. <laughs> and then his eyes were saying it was not that great. You tan shit on the movie your kid yeah. likes in front of him. Yeah. Son, you just saw Please. a shitty movie. It's a couple more years exist. before we can start really telling him honestly how he feels Breaking about pop spirit. culture stuff that yeah. he likes. You, you don't, son, you don't have a barometer for mediocrity. Yeah, yet. yeah. everything is new and fancy. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't yeah. mean to shit on it because it did produce one of my favorite Ramon songs. I fucking yeah, love that song. Yeah. Um, I, but oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's serviceable. It gets very. There's sometimes where it's pretty silly. I mean, oh, yeah. the main guy Dale Midkiff, who ended up not really doing anything else, he there's a lot of like no up to the heavens kind of stuff. That's like guys, let's bring this down a little bit. Yeah, 
Well, and so let's bring this down. I'm sorry. I just Tasha Yar sucks. She just always <laughs> sucks. Like I just didn't like. I didn't like her character. I can't look at her or think about that actress without thinking about Tasha Yar. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, but of uh, her character. I do love Fred Gwynn, and this is. This is kind of our first, yeah, Herman Munster coming back to this. Yes. We, got, we got my cousin Vinny's like a couple of years, and yeah. that's like, he's fan, he's fantastic in that. He's so I mean, good. Oscar nomination should have been there, man. But just, yeah, his thick old man accent about how you kind of got deaf on hell, <laughs> because sometimes dead is better. And yeah. I'm really disappointed Lithgow's not doing an accent. Yeah, I know. You, I think you owed it to the, the fucking state of Maine to make that happen. I mean, Come Maine, on. you might even say that Maine is its own character in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the ending, too. I thought it was a, a fun ending to it. They didn't make it schmaltzy or weird. It was mm. just like, mm-hmm. nope, this is... The town is probably going to be taken over by <laughs> but, by zombies. But yes, if we didn't, we didn't even explain the plot. But I, no one had ever explained it to me. I thought it was another Stephen King Cujo movie mm. where uh-huh. pets come back to life and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. But it turns out there's this mound where you bury animals and sometimes, usually, they come back to life. Mm-hmm. What happens yep. if your child is struck down? Can the same magic work on them? And it turns out like uh, raw, monstrous actions in a cat look a lot like being a cat it's but, pretty cute but it becomes it becomes a lot more recognizable in a human being and that that little kid he is um you may remember him from one of those uh oh michael what's his name i don't have my notes in front of me because it's all a uh, no, uh whole receipts from this awful week uh mm. but it's he's from one of the nightmare on elm streets i think he's the kid in new nightmare mm. but he's it's night i love it when like a, a kid has has a seat in two horror movies. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yeah. Uh, but pets he's a cute uh, Oh, he's in New Nightmare. Yeah, New Nightmare. He's, Sorry, uh, that's what I meant to say. Kevin Loggenkamp's uh, son. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty cute, too. Oh. I like his kid and acting. And a recurring role on Full House. What? Okay. I didn't know Yes, Steph, Steph's friend, I believe. No, no, Michelle's friend. Hmm. That would be the right oh. age, for sure. I liked it. I wasn't <laughs> mad about it. I don't know why Fred Gwynn decided to open this can of worms by being like, yeah, bury your cat in here. It'll turn out poorly, but you should still do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't have brought up the pet cemetery at all. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why bother? Right. Well, you have to teach children about death. Uh, yes. Or or that was the reasoning there. Pissing in God's eye, and, <laughs> and undoing death. But it's this is talk as long as we want about it. it. Is the only it's a weird world. It's the only movie of 1989. Yeah. Yep. Netflix didn't release a cool else. dad movie this week. There's not. There's nothing else going on. I know. Um, I'm referring to, of course, The Highwaymen and Triple Frontier. These like amazing. You've oh, never seen yeah. theaters anymore. Dad movies. Yeah. Uh, we watched Triple Frontier. It's it totally with fun. My dad, but I would never pay to see it in a theater. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, let's move on to television of 1989. Uh, Saturday Night Live. That's mm-hmm. the, probably the biggest news of this week. Uh, Gina Davis and John Cougar Mellencamp. Ooh. Uh, are your hosts and musical guests. And meanwhile, the most famous person in this SNL equation mm-hmm. leaves as a cast member because nobody noticed him. Yeah. And then he would go, I would go on to notice him in a, another sketch, another sketch show, which was pivotal to me growing up in the early 90s. And uh, let's see if you can recognize him by his voice. So I pulled a clip from Weekend Update. Ooh. And now Weekend. <laughs> With Dennis Miller's Glorious Molly. Yeah, babe. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, I pulled it because it reminded me a lot of how I feel when I talk about movies with mm-hmm. friends. It's, um, Ben Stiller and Mike Myers review as two friends who go to see 
Rain Man and they are reviewing it, but they don't know exactly how they feel about it. Mm. So they're kind of trying to read each other. And the way they are talking about it so like unintelligently and just being like, yeah, it was good. That basically right? feels like how my commentary sounds. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was, he was sucked. Not very good at all. <laughs> Not very good. No, what was no. he doing? I don't know. That Here's was... a quarter, Tom, buy a clue. I don't you know, know, I don't know what the hell is going on. God. I, you know, but see, for me, it was the pacing. Oh. I thought the pacing was like, Fast. Oh, it was quick. Quick. It was Wasn't quick. It was quick. It was like this. Then, then it started going, going like this. that. And then it was... And then it would just... Drag. Slow. It would so slow, slow down to, like, <laughs> nothingness. And it was what was happening there. Nothing. That was... That was no, I don't know. I mean, the direction. The direction oh, was... Oh. It was... Uh, <laughs> sweet. 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 Oh. Sweet. I didn't expect that. I was expecting a Chris Farley show kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, It's fun when you're trying to, when you go see a movie with someone, especially maybe if you don't really know them that well and you mm -hmm. don't want to be like too Mm. wet. So you're kind of trying to feel out like, how did we feel about this? I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I'm just going to try to read you. It's awesome. I've been in that position before. (laughs) Man, uh, me as well. It reminds me of my, my thoughts as they came together and bred with one another after seeing Prometheus. Like, there's a lot of cool yeah. stuff in that. But was it good? Yeah. No. <laughs> it was when this happened, but not when this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Prometheus. I can't do that. Look for look up that Red Letter Media video about that. what's mm-hmm. Prometheus. It makes me laugh so much. Uh, on There's a TV movie, of course, on CBS, The Littlest Victims. Yes. <laughs> Tim Matheson. Tim Matheson. It's based on a true story. Mm. Uh, I grabbed a little bit of the promo. Oh. What does a doctor do when his patients are mysteriously dying and his patients are babies? I'm supposed to make them well, not bury them. One doctor risks his career and his life. When is it going to stop? To save the lives of children. I just want somebody to be on the side of the kids. Tim Matheson what? in a drama based on a true story, The Littlest Victims. Inside of the kids? Yeah. Oh, I, on the side of the kids. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> I thought I heard that too. And I was like, what? Yeah, this is the true story of James Oleski, who is a pediatric immunologist mm-hmm. and who is the first person to really start seeing HIV in children and infants. Ah. And oh. the battle it took to get... Because before it was basically only known as a disease for homosexual men, mm-hmm. that they were the only ones who got it, and why would anyone else have it? And then he started seeing it in communities where with children whose parents might have been intravenous drug users or mm-hmm. um, sex workers. And, you know, he had to really fight to get that recognized as like, no, these kids are are actually, are actually ill from, mm-hmm. you know, in, in utero or, you know, whatever happens, um, or blood transfusions as mm-hmm. well. So pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, extremely mm. heavy stuff. This whole episode, extremely heavy stuff. Yeah. Well, this is a. This next thing is a little bit lighter. Oh, thank God! This historic, historic moment, one that I can't believe we I, haven't had like a national holiday yet for it. I mean, I think we might have yeah, a, a global holiday if, yeah. if it if they do it right. Yeah, I mean, let's start it this year then. Yeah, <laughs> yes. April twenty third. Yes, global holiday. Global holiday for the, technically the thirtieth anniversary of a little show called Baywatch, but mm-hmm. in the form of a TV movie. Right, is a pilot TV movie, so they knew they were starting out. <laughs> The bang with such a sharknado title, Panic at Malibu Pier, <laughs> California, tranquil, beautiful, 
and about to become a playground for disaster. I've got the beach. Roll pull back up. In a dramatic world premiere movie. Two men are the difference between life and death. You've got to do it. Three. David Hasselhoff, Parker Stevenson, Panic at Malibu Pier, Sunday. Wow. Yeah. You didn't say the Baywatch part of it, but it's in the logo. Yeah. Oh, that's so strange. And that would go on to be a, a probably one of the oddest global phenomenons I've ever lived through. Yeah. I understand boy bands and action movies, but the whole world loving Baywatch is very strange. I mean, I think it makes sense because it is yeah. so quintessentially American and so, so quintessentially so some people California. It's like, like Star Trek, like, ooh, look at this awesome pier, this beautiful well, yeah. beach. And it's, yeah, it's muscles and I wonder what their police look like. Beaches. <laughs> yeah, like, why wouldn't Hot. the lifeguards be the hottest people yeah. in the world? No, everyone's knees, knee is visible. It's strange. We're I love it. Fighting beach based crime. Let's go back to those shorty little swimsuits for men. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, no, yeah. thank you. Yes. Mm-mm. Above the knee, or it's not for me. Mm-mm. I don't want anybody to see my lost tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> your lost tattoos. Yes. Do you mean they are about the TV show Lost, or they are lost under your body? Yeah. Hair? So no, it's no, it's all from the J.J. <laughs> Abrams Lost. I got the smoke monster, Walt, polar bears, a bunch of stuff. I didn't get resolved. Yeah, laser that. Uh, but you all tell right. me. Okay, so it's back in in September. Mm-hmm. Is when it actually starts rolling as a show. That's, and that's a crazy lead up. I, I yeah. guess in a smaller world, you could yeah. depend on people to remember something they saw in April and September. Do you want yeah, more I of this? I wonder if they. I mean, I mean, did they just make this as a standalone and like have scripts ready or something? And they're like, then they pull the trigger after this airs. Yeah, yeah, that would make some sense. Or maybe they're already filming the whole time and but then yeah why wait until september the beginning of the season right because my only memory in the summer man my memory of this this year and yes i know the behind the scenes details of it but like i didn't know i'd never seen the tracy ullman show so when i saw the christmas simpsons christmas special it's like this looks fucking awesome and it is and then like a week later they told me and please enjoy the series in two weeks what mm-hmm. oh my god i'm so excited yeah. setting vcr is like uh that's that's what you want your audience to do give them like a week or two to simmer right no, well, a whole summer give them, to, give them two seasons. <laughs> to really think about it and rewatch those VHS tapes that they recorded. I'm sure it holds up on repeat viewings. Panic at yeah. Malibu Pier. So I actually have a I have a question about the Saturday Night Live thing mm. we were just talking about with Ben Stiller leaving because he was yes. never on camera. And then I thought, oh, he must be going to work on Ben Stiller's show. But I was thinking the Fox one. It says just according to the Wikipedia that it went he did a Ben Stiller show on MTV. Yes. Why have I not heard about this? And is this available? Because of fucking because of fucking MTV. Because MTV used its uh, I don't know, ancillary music license to play popular songs on their television shows, including stuff like The State and the Andy Dick Show. And the reason why you've never had a real world release because it's all scored with the fucking Spin Doctors. Mm, so yeah. like, so like, you might see a low res clip online, but MTV. You, the state they tried the hardest with, and you see them trying to remove a song from underneath someone's speech, mm. like say Barry and LaVon, they have to remove Marvin Gaye, which is playing in the background live the whole time. It, it, it sounds really weird, but there's nothing you can do about it. But this is, this is uh, I think where a lot of state stuff comes from. You might've seen Jon Stewart pop up in that. And the, the strength of that and how much young people liked it, which I hadn't seen the MTV show, got mm. Ben Stiller a Fox Ben Stiller show with the cat. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that next year because I love that fucking show. Mm. Oh, 92. It. You got to actually wait till 92. I thought it was 1990 or so. But yeah, that, that Ben Stiller is one of those weird checkboxes in Saturday Night Live. He was on for one season as mm-hmm. a featured player. His most famous character was Eddie Munster. Ah, yeah. Which is just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it wasn't used that much. And I believe he has. he's one of the few people to have 
uttered the F word live on, oh. uh, on Saturday Night Live. <gasps> Oh, yeah. and Jenny Slate. I can't remember. I could be wrong about that. Dave and I did a whole uh, bonus time, patreon.com slash laser time. You can find that there about people who said the F word and when. Mm. And um, mm. and I, we talked about that. This is, it hasn't been that many. Sam Rockwell this year be, this year being the latest one to do it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but technically, and I'll, I'll literally let you dec- did it, uh, like dictate how much I talk about this. It is mm. one of the biggest things in all gaming history happens right now. This week, Ooh, when we okay. talk about video games, okay, and it but it is happening in Japan, and um, I wanted I want you to hear this cute little infomercial because it's so adorable. The secret to Nintendo's success lies in bringing arcade game quality into the home. Taking it out of the home is another story. You can take it to the lake. You can take it on a date. <laughs> oh, oh. You can take it to a boring picture show. Ah. You can take it to the game. Okay, that's enough of that. Okay. But uh, that oh. is Nintendo unveiling its first. It's not the first portable system. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's the first portable-based cartridge system because I think there were really rudimentary versions of those. But what it is, it is a portable version of the consoles that it taking the world by storm at this point mm-hmm. like your nintendo or your genesis and that is the game boy Ooh, the game boy wow. launches in japan and i could talk for a really really long time about this if mm-hmm. you let me mm-hmm. <laughs> be- i can imagine because uh i'm sure like diana and sarah aren't like much you're not huge gamers you dabble mm-hmm. uh yeah. you all you all know nes nostalgia you've seen all that before oh, yeah. everyone loves yeah. the nes the game boy sold well, that, twice that as many the best. That, that was like back the only time i was vaguely good at games mm-hmm. if it's got basically up down left right and two buttons tops yeah. mm-hmm. well the, the game boy sold twice as many consoles as the, as the nes wow and it's harder wow. to look back on because it is a black and white system but like it, it ended up beating all of its portable competitors because it was lightweight cheaper had better games that does help but endurable as fuck so in terms mm-hmm. of something you consider to be a toy uh, kids could drop it. If you go to the Nintendo store in Times Square now, there is a Game Boy that got exploded in Desert Storm and still works, and they keep it They keep it on and working to this day. Wow. Because these systems, <laughs> awesome. you could not, it was really hard to, to kill a Game Boy. Yeah. They were very sturdy, but unlike a fucking Game Gear, which, like, if you drop that from the couch, it's gone forever. Uh, and the other big thing involved, uh, what at the time was one of the weirdest decisions for a pack-in. So I'm going to play this other commercial Americans would be familiar with. They said it wasn't humanly possible, but now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. So, wow, Tetris. Like, 90% of the people I knew, their Game Boy was just their portable Tetris machine. Yes, Yes. and it it came with it. And and it's a big decision that's been well-dramatized because Super Mario Land is also out today, too. But they made it a separate game because it's like, if you want to, what was the the fucking phrase there? If you want to sell this system to Nintendo fans, pack a Mario game in. If you want to sell it to the world, put Tetris in. That's that's this thing everybody loves. And I think that's why it sold so much. It wasn't just for gamers. It was for 
kids and housewives and soccer dads and even NASCAR dads. NASCAR. Uh, but, but it, yeah, it sold so much. And I was one of the few people who didn't have one. Thanks, mom and dad. I have to. I didn't have. I never had one. Uh, but a girl I know that Maybe. no gaming presence in their household. Mm-hmm. They had a Game Boy because mm-hmm. it it, just, it started out at eighty dollars, eighty nine dollars when it launched. Uh, a huge, huge system. And in terms of Tetris, man, there are plenty of. You could do a whole documentary on Tetris. This is Nintendo locking down what's quietly becoming a gaming phenomenon, essentially creating the puzzle genre. And Nintendo locked it the fuck down for a few years, making their system synonymous with this game that everybody can play. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating to me. Because I don't know if it would have been as much... It definitely wouldn't have been as much a success without Tetris. No. And uh, yeah. it's pretty nuts. And uh, especially because I also have to say to kids today, yeah, when you bought a system when it launched, it came with a game. Can you believe that? Uh, anyway, but this is it's out in Japan, and it's... It's its influence Help. can't be understated. It's its penetration can't be understated. But I do find it bizarre that Nintendo doesn't celebrate it as much as it does their color systems. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also my proof to the link where I keep talking about like when I feel like a millennial, I have to remember I was around a lot of black and white shit. But so were you. The, most of you had a Game Boy. Yeah, <laughs> a Game Boy underpowered. There's no light. You had to like put it in light to see it. It's it, it's mm-hmm. not like any screen it's you have today. Lit. It's not backlit. They yeah. they eventually added one for Japan. Because this console was in production for over a decade. Uh, but yes, and yes, especially thanks to Pokemon. We've talked about the Game Boy games in another decade. That's how long they make they made them for. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is out this week in Japan. It'll be out in America in a few months. Uh, but let's close out 1989 with a little bit of music. A little bit of music new releases. Good to be back by Natalie Cole is here for us. Uh, Buzz Factory by The Screaming Trees. Blue Blood by X Japan. And Headless Class by Black Sabbath. And full, whoa, full moon fever. Yeah. Oh, that's Tom Petty's solo debut. That is a huge, I will never really get tired of singing the praises of Tom Petty. Like I've, I've been around groups of like 70 year old black men who like fucking love Tom Petty. Like, like everybody who hears Tom Petty enough will like Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this album, I remember I got this after my dad gave me the greatest hits album. And half of those songs are from Full Moon Fever. Like yeah. every fucking song on Full Moon Fever was this massive hit. They're all they're all really solid. <laughs> yeah, for it's, real. It's just a solid damn album. It's good to drive to and hang out to. And um, I was so happy. I mean, obviously we have to go out with Free Fallen. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, that's the most popular song off there. And I was, it, yeah, like what you're saying with everyone loving Tom Petty when he died so suddenly. Yeah. Like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. everyone freaked out because we're like, "We never appreciated him." because yep. he just and felt- then like a couple a couple weeks after he died, they staged a memorial walk through the valley, and everyone dressed as vampires, and they turned west on Ventura Boulevard. Oh wow! And I vowed to never make fun of the valley again. <laughs> it's the funniest, most awesome thing I have ever heard of. Well, I I also remember Tom Petty suddenly died. The world mourned for about three hours, and then there was the Vegas shooting. Yeah, and it was yeah. all overshadowed. We we're just talking about that. Yeah, I mean, more he, tragic. He just felt ubiquitous, and mm-hmm. so he kind of felt like one of those few people that he'll just always be here. Yeah, he'll just yeah. always be around because he wasn't going out in the news and doing anything that makes you feel embarrassed for yeah, your old he, de- he, uncle or he's, anything he's like not that. Not one of those old musicians <laughs> that make you uncomfortable. Chill. Yeah, he was just chill, and like most people had stories about encountering him. Well, were, Florida people, especially because Tom Petty was right. from here. They were like pleasant stories. He wasn't doing anything or saying anything that was like ugh, really cringy. Yeah, sweet dude, uh, yeah. beloved musician. I can't believe we got to talk about him like he's dead because it was pretty sudden. Yeah. He was, he, it he really was. He was in his yeah. like mid 60s, so it was a little early. 
So let's close out the 1989 segment with Free Fallen, and maybe the next few segments won't be as depressing. He says, knowing nope. full well they will be. <laughs> <sighs> Hello, 302010ers. As you're no doubt aware, 302010 is about the passage of time. She is a cruel mistress that comes for us all. So, fellas, you have to face facts. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. How's your hairline doing? If you're worried right now, it's okay. It happened to me, too. I remember uh, all of a sudden when I was 19, a freckle became visible in my hairline. I'm like, if the hairline moves a centimeter above the freckle, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to take preventative measures. And you can do that very easily with hymns, including getting a trial month of hymns for just five bucks by going to fourhymns.com slash 30. Hymns is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. But it's even better than that because it eliminates the cost and the hassle normally associated with getting hair loss drugs. For a fraction of the cost and the time, Hims can connect you to real doctors with medical-grade solutions. This is no miracle tonic. We are talking well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that help you keep your hair. Better still, no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, no insurance forms. Go to the website and answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review it and can prescribe you what you need. Then you go to the pharmacy. No! Hims ships products directly to your door. So order now. 302010 listeners can get a month of hymns for just five bucks right now while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Go to the website for details. Remember, this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So go to hymns.com slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-H-I-R-T-Y. Once again, that's forhymns.com slash 30. Uh, a little shout out to our, our dearly departed buddy, Brett Elson. He's very much alive, but he loves his KMFDM, mm-hmm. uh, and that is Adios. Uh, the title track off of Adios, that's what that is. Well, if you like Brett and music, I think he's got a new VG Empire coming on the way. I can't, can't be sure, but if you're a VG Empire fan, look for a new one. Um, I hate to say it, but this is about to tie into the news story. No! No! Other music first, and then I'll explain why KMFDM out of all of the new releases this week. Well, I'm sure you could probably float another new release in there. Tight by Mindless Self-Indulgence. I love this band. They are ridiculous. Is this the (laughs) one with the... They have a Method Man cover on this? It's a very... High pitched gothy industrial band mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. Uh, Street Fairy by Cree, Cree Summer. What? Yeah, I know. With Lenny Kravitz playing like every instrument on it. No, I didn't know Cree Summer sang. I know she was an actress. She was mm-hmm. on a different world. She's a voice actress. She's Elmira from shit. Tiny Toons. Mm. Yeah. Uh, wow. And six by Manson is also out this week. The Earth Pressed Flat by uh, 10,000 Maniacs. 10,000 Maniacs have an album out? That can't be. Mm-hmm. And Bury yeah, the Hatchet yeah. by the Cranberry. I thought Natalie Merchant had moved on. Maybe they just got a new lead singer. Um, and this is us getting to the uh, uh, happy 420, everyone. Not so fast. Uh, mm. On 420, 1999, you'll, I, I think most people my age will remember this. 
We just have time to put one word in the doc. Columbine. 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 And our world would be forever changed. And I'm not... So this is going to be about Commedia della Arte, obviously. (laughs) Um, He's, you know, Columbine is beloved of the one clown and... Yeah, I'm not. Okay, I'm done making my dumb joke. Mm. <laughs> Too smart for me. I didn't but there get... is there is like one person right now laughing super hard. Anyway. Why 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 did Columbine grab our attention so much? Well I don't there's a couple It wasn't reasons. the first school shooting. It it, no. it may have been the worst school shooting. Yes. Yeah. At the time. There is uh, there's, I th- that's one of the big reasons. There had been a couple school shootings, even in the couple years previous, where a few people got hurt or killed. Columbine was, well, it was a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's two shooters. They're specifically trying to kill as many people as possible. Honestly, it's less a school shooting than a failed bombing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wanted to kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just, I'm so blown away, like reading up on this to realize. Everything I thought I knew about Columbine was fucking wrong. Hmm. Yeah, most well, some of it. Every yeah. so much of what I thought I knew was wrong. The the story that everyone ran with was that these two kids were victims of bullies, mm-hmm. and they went there specifically to kill their bullies and jocks. And also, they were racist, so they wanted to kill some black kids. And you know, that was the story that they were part of these losers called the Trenchcoat Mafia, and they wanted to kill their tormentors. Turns out, that's not actually what happened at all. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I hate to name them because they wanted attention, but Eric Harris was a full-on sociopath, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. who desperately needed help. Um, He just wanted to kill people, and Dylan Klebold was a follower. But they didn't target jocks. They didn't target Christians. They didn't target Mm -hmm. black kids. They just wanted to be famous for doing something awful. Right. Mm -hmm. I think Bob pointed out a long time ago because it made the resulting schools a miserable for, you know, goth introverts, whoever. Uh, but that like they had more, they had more friends than most people. Like if you have a group of five friends in high school, you're, you're you're good good. or lucky. Like a lot of us didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure they were bullied, but they still had Mm -hmm. a group of friends. It doesn't Mm -hmm. explain this kind of behavior. Harris in particular was a bully, Mm -hmm. but then bullying is a food chain. You can't be both bullied and bullying other people. Um, and lots of people get bullied and don't shoot up their school. It's true. Yeah. Happens all the time. But I mean, the, the, big result out of all of this uh this is one thing i would love to hear from our listeners about your experience either you know in 1999 or afterwards in that i was in college so this didn't really affect me we didn't start having active shooter drills or any of that shit but that it seemed like the good thing that came out of it was that people starting to finally take bullying seriously as like yeah. something that can cause real psychological and possibly physical harm. Yeah. On the flip side, they uh, also had the zero tolerance policies and people started picking on the outsiders even more about yeah. like, what are you going to do? Shoot up school. Mm-hmm. And it just led to more turning our schools into prisons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and yet another weird side effect. Cause a while ago for, I think a VGA, I went looking for clips that Michael was having trouble finding. Cause up mm-hmm. until this, I haven't seen, the media blame games, music, and uh, movies for a violent act like this since I was growing up in like the, oh, hair metal is making people commit suicide. We hadn't, that had been kind of dormant for a long time. And it it kicked right the fuck back up and I went looking Mm -hmm. for it. And I remember not only, 
not only was a lot of the live news coverage wrong, I read, this hit a chord with me, so I was reading a lot of magazines about this. I was going to the library and reading magazines about it. Uh, there's a lot of print journalism that was wrong mm-hmm. about aspects of this. So in addition to all that, you get red pillar, truther, conspiracy, horseshit, who can <laughs> dig up old information, like immediate right. information about Columbine that's not correct and mm-hmm. find conspiracies around it. This this is also, to me, the beginning of that awfulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Why did it get so serious? Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. Mm. So, Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of that. And yeah, there are plenty of terrible people made hay out of this. Some of them not terrible people, but they made hay for the wrong reason. Uh, It became a best-selling book called The Girl Who Said Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It was about one of the victims that was shot and became a big hit with evangelicals because the story was that one of them asked her, are you a Christian? When she said yes, she was shot and killed. Turns out that that didn't happen. Uh, Plenty of other people in the library said that's not how it went. Uh, But it sounds great. Because mm-hmm. it feels feels into that idea of like Christians were still oppressed and they, we, this is a holy martyr and you know I, I don't want to criticize parents for trying to find meaning in their kids' horrible murder but on the other hand yeah I kind of am. <laughs> um, oh, well, is this? I there's one. No, there's a. And oh my god! And people going after the Matrix or going after yeah, Doom right. or going after KMFDM. Yep. Who mm-hmm. said because that was one of their favorite bands? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm trying to remember. There, there's. <laughs> It may not, I shouldn't even say it. It might be the mother of one of these kids, but she does like TED Talks now about, mm-hmm. about uh, what do you do when you raise someone who does something like this? Well, and the whole imagine. idea of, was it Harris that was a sociopath? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is so scary, I think, to a lot of us too, that like, I think even when it really, we found out, oh no, he was, he was a sociopath, mm-hmm. he wasn't bullied or whatever, that's almost it's a harder story to swallow because when you talk about bullying and there's like, great, there are things we can do about it now. We can do bullying prevention. We can keep an eye out on these kids and try to make sure that we intervene. You can't do anything about sociopaths. You can't, mm. well, you can't. You can get them some freaking help or get them out of school or keep them from getting their paws on guns, which mm. I mean, yes, these guys didn't yeah. do legally because they were minors. I mean, there's so people would say like, it doesn't matter if you had gun laws because it wouldn't have stopped them. Well, maybe yeah. it would have. I don't know. Might as well try to make it a little bit harder. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. we can always try. I mean, the the problem with sociopaths, though, too, is that you can't really. It's not a lot of help to be done there, like psychologically mm. or mentally. It is a is just keep them distracted. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You kind of just have to keep an eye on them and hope they get old before they do something. Before really they run terrible. for president, or maybe just become a CEO. Like, <laughs> well, you know, there's yeah. a population there that doesn't shoot up schools. Most most sociopaths aren't shooting up schools, but but yeah, that's really it's tough because. It's a problem that doesn't have a great answer. Unlike bullying, mm-hmm. great, we'll just stop mm-hmm. bullies. Yeah, an unwanted Gosh, side effect of the myth good. of American exceptionalism is school shootings. Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. boys trying to make yeah. a name for themselves. So, <sighs> yeah, this was. The, I mean, this is definitely a big one. This we get uh, thirteen casualties plus the two kids killing themselves after, and they just start getting worse. They just get worse and worse from here. Mm-hmm. Twenty years of uh, yeah, double digit. Yeah, I don't even know why we, it's hard to it's hard to grasp why we still talk about it cuz like if you lived in inner city school, you'd seen a school shooting. You had mm-hmm. some of you even yeah, there was metal detectors in lean on me. Um right. so but not like the randomness of it yeah. was this is the scary sure. part of it. Yeah. Cuz it's it, it I mean it was in a small affluent neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, and oh god. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, Sarah, how old were you in 99? I was, um, oh my God, 14. you're making me do math? Yeah, I was 14. <laughs> okay, so you're in prime bullying years. Yes, <laughs> right. What? How was this treated, like, at your schools? Was this some, I'm guessing people talked about it. Did, like, teachers talk about it? Or what did you hear from, like, teachers and parents? We talked about it. So I went kids. to a very small private middle school mm -hmm. that was religiously affiliated. And there were, like, 40 mm -hmm. kids in my eighth grade class. Um, mm -hmm. And I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was in eighth grade at, when this happened. So, you know, as far as it changing our day-to-day -day at school, it didn't really change that much. We validated every choice your parents made. I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, my friends who are in public schools and mm -hmm. stuff, their lives changed significantly because they had... After that, too, there were a string of, like, copycat, like, bomb scares happening in Pensacola mm -hmm. where I, I had friends who every week had a bomb scare oh. for, like, a couple of months Jesus. there where they would have to all go outside and and then get the all clear and then go back inside, and that was pretty insane. We were pretty insulated at my school. I mean, mm -hmm. it there I didn't see a lot of one-on-one -on -one bullying that happened either um, because we were so small. And the teachers just had a good eye on everything that was going on. So, yeah, it really it it honestly I didn't feel. Now we talked about it um, as far as like this is in the news, and we were covering a lot of current events at mm -hmm. the time. So we certainly talked about the national impact of it. But yeah, my day to day wasn't super effective as far as my school going time. Hmm. It, was, it was it was hard for my public school friends though, for sure. Interesting. Yep. I I talked to my brother about this because it was an interesting experience to talk to him because he's seven years younger than me. So he was in high school when this happened, but mm -hmm. I already been through and I knew how poorly my school treated bullying. He said that didn't change, but the zero tolerance stuff changed. You have a pocket knife. Well, we're going to fucking right. expel you. Mm. That that sort of thing. They they started mm -hmm. taking really they started cracking down on more the weirdo outsider kids instead of you know the actual potential problem because uh they suck i hate that school yeah mm. uh, yeah so yeah please tell us tell us about it in the comments because mm -hmm. uh yeah i'm yeah. from a different generation where no one ever talked about bullying and no one ever talked about school shooting and we never had a freaking active shooter drill oh those disgust right. me Question I, of the I week. feel queasy every time i i think of that concept oh. of like yes let's prepare our children for this, this is more likely to happen than an earthquake or a tsunami or yep. a hurricane. Jesus Christ. Yep. It's probably, and I've tried to get stats on this and I can't because they don't want to show you. It's probably more likely you're going to be shot in a random school shooting than anything would happen to you from an illegal immigrant. Mm -hmm. But most people mm -hmm. don't care about a lot, one a lot more than the other. Yeah. Um, well, and also the CDC is not allowed to collect gun stats. Uh -huh. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, there's another thing I did learn from my brother that they had a killer bee drill. <laughs> Way to bring back the little levity. Yeah, I did not know that that was ever a thing in Southern California. But what? he also pointed out it was around the same time as some very tough, uh, you know, ballot measures that are anti-immigrant, mm -hmm. and uh, this, uh, the wording was often very similar about this, you know, these mean foreign <laughs> African bees that are coming up from the south in swarms and attacking the native peaceful bees. All right, oh, so if the, if the bees end up forming a gun or an arrow or any yeah. other cartoon shape, I we're mean, going to need you to grab a reed and jump into the nearest <laughs> I pond. I was going to say, what was it? Just <laughs> jump into the nearest lake? Like, that's what Winnie the Pooh does. Yeah. <laughs> 
seems like a good plan. A <laughs> killer bee drill. You just got to keep a snorkel strapped to your backpack at all times. Oh, I just imagine a Fox News <laughs> snowflake story on that as they mm-hmm. talk about, we did duck and cover. Y'all are running from bees. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Shot the bees right out of the air with my gun. Okay. <laughs> I did really lit those bees up in my 30 aught six. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, holy shit. Yes, you don't need a gun to defend from that. You need just a wide hat and a net. Like, um, <laughs> uh, the movies aren't going to make this segment any better, so I don't care how long we talk about Columbine, because the movies here are actually pretty bad. Uh, mm. There's one here. There's only one movie here that. I'd, no, there's two movies I'd recommend. Okay. I'll, yeah, there's two movies. Um, but not J- Judas Kiss. Jesus. Carla Giacchino, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, and Roscoe Lee Brown. Jesus. You'll never learn how to say Ca- Carla Gugino. Carla, Carla Gugino. Gugino. She's they one of yours. Saints. They're sinners, and they're the ones in between. You guys are still doing divorce jobs. Not for long. I've been toying with a kidnapping game. Kidnapping's a fool's game. There's no angle in that. Okay, okay. I don't know what this is. I uh, remember yeah, seeing kidnapping gone wrong. We're being very post-Tarantino. Oh, uh, mm. it's got a great cast, and no one cares about it. Ellen Rickman's southern accent is horrible. And, <laughs> <laughs> although, I mean, yeah, the, for some random reason, Ellen Howdy, Rickman and Emma Thompson y'all. are dropped down in the middle of this caper story as like southern cop duo and it's like what (laughs) look i love them separately i love them together but like have they been teleported in from a different movie (laughs) i mean i'd I'd watch a mcgonagall and snape as a as a (laughs) cop duo in the south uh going somewhere partner howdy (laughs) y'all he does it in the movie Yippee Kaya. Yeah. <laughs> now you sound like Aaron Neville. <laughs> it got him so a little sick. Uh, God damn it. Uh, I feel no, don't care. I feel I feel your pain. Because I think I was over this at this point, but I was such an SNL nerd, grew up watching the reruns of SNL with my dad, and then my generation was, you know, the Sandler Farley spade norm mcdonald era it was really fun mm. to be an snl fan so I, I i had an snl collection where i collect movies that if, if there was any snl cast member in them i would i would make it a point to see it had dana carvey posters on my wall mm. by the time david oh spade started making movies oh. though i'm like i can't keep doing this yeah uh into the movie lost and found i believe is this a if i remember about a dude who kidnaps his love interest dog to get her yes. attention oh this and, movie yeah. yep it's uh Criminally dumb, and we're wasting your time by playing this clip of the trailer. Dylan needs an excuse to get close to his new neighbor. I know, right? It's okay, I'm on the pill. And he just found one. Where have you been? He's way over on the pier. You bad dog, I should spank you. Hey, I was way over on the pier, too. This spring, Warner Brothers presents... Oh, he's cool. David Spade. I'll raise you. You're short. You couldn't raise my shorts with a crane. In a... It did, does. I did forget there is Artie Lang who is dressed up as David Spade the whole time. Oh, that's uh, fun. It is, mm. it is a little fun. And you got yeah. Martin Sheen in there somewhere. Um, Isn't there another movie called How to Kill Your Neighbor's Dog? <sighs> I might be confusing these. Uh, no, I think there's a couple movies with these plot points. Okay. Dog Park, Bruce McCullough movie. I, oh. I, I saw day one that no one else. Then. The Truth About Cats and Dogs. The truth About Cats and Dogs. Must love dogs. Must love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, oh, okay. So like this movie... 
I love. I <sighs> this is the one I, mean, I, I did not have time to get to, but I will be watching it. It's well, it's just that like okay, I just I I am amazed. Okay, we're hmm. gonna say what it is in a second, but. I'm amazed that we have a movie about virtual reality so close to the Matrix. I did not realize that these came out within weeks of each other. Right, but mm. but it's also one that is a this one is a little closer to the world we actually live in, and it's an yeah. old man envisioning this. Mm. Who I can't imagine is like in into the rudimentary world of MMOs that are just starting to pop up in 1999. But I, so I'll just say the director's name. Uh, I don't. I, I want to say I've seen everything David Cronenberg has ever done. But mm-hmm. he's never, he's one of the most interesting filmmakers we mm-hmm. have and will always do something weird and like you've never seen before. But anybody listening to this can enjoy Existence. I don't know that it's my favorite film, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been grown up playing games and this movie had a pretty interesting understanding of how games worked. And uh, let's see if the trailer will give you any indication on what you can find in Willem Dafoe, Jude Law, and Jennifer Jason Lee's Existence. It taps into your deepest emotions. You're the power source. Your body, your nervous system, your energy. It unleashes your wildest urges. I can't help myself. I'm saying it. I've got a serious urge to kill someone here. Do it. It's just a game. But it's the first genuine threat to reality. It's a lot more fun when it starts feeling realer than real. Someone wants it stopped at all costs. This makes me so happy. Mm. This movie is so deliciously weird, and it is weird. Yeah, because it's Cronenberg, and there is. As I was watching it the first time, uh, Existence here, that it's. um, I was sort of like, this is an odd thing for Cronenberg. The idea of like, again, Matrix or Dark City, like you're Mm. in an alternate reality, or or someone's controlling something, or you're trying to control a thing, or whatever. And then I'm like, I'm not really seeing the Cronenberg here. And then you see the controllers are these like fleshy uh-huh. things. And there's mm-hmm. these like umbilicals that connect that to your belly button. You. <laughs> and, and it's like, up oh, there he is. There he is. And you hear, you, hear, you hear Jude Law in that clip, like, I feel the need to shoot somebody. And he shoots a gun. And the trailer adds the sound effect. But that gun is a mm-hmm. gun he has assembled after murdering a dog, tearing its jaw out, and assembling a weapon that shoots teeth. Mm. Oh. oh, that is <laughs> yeah. my worst nightmare yeah. gun. That, oh he's my holding god. it in the trailer. I'm like, oh yeah. my god. Oh I my saw god. That. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It's, I've, I've heard multiple people say I have this bizarre recollection of seeing a scene in a movie where people are at a restaurant and they eat the meal and what's left over is like the gun components of a gun and they put it together and mm-hmm. then they kill a guy and I think maybe that was in a nightmare. It's more than once I've heard someone tell me that. I'm like, no, no, that's in a movie. It that's, was Jude Law. It's in existence. That is the best description of a Ju- of a David Cronenberg yeah. movie. I had this nightmare. Did it really happen? Did I really yes. see a guy fight off knife wielding people naked? Did I really see poor Maria Bello have sex on wooden oh, stairs? God, that's got to hurt. That's <laughs> burned into my memory forever. No, that's a real thing. Cronenberg. Did I really? They were wrapped up in red, and then they put these alien parts into a lady, and then later someone fucked someone's wound on their leg did, while a car was crashing. Did Did I just imagine Michael Ironside staring at someone till their head exploded? No, no. David Cronenberg made <laughs> that I possible. Did I imagine uh, Jeremy Irons as twin gynecologists? <laughs> Working on a lady with two uteruses? <laughs> nope. Oh. And a bunch of real. little kids in parkas murdered somebody? Ah. But I know, I know. Man, y- younger I'm f- never drinking that tea again. I know younger folks listening have 
I think uh, Rick and Morty has skyrocketed uh, awareness of David Cronenberg. Mm. Rick and Morty just refer to unsightly genetic anomalies as Cronenbergs. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is one of those movies where you'll see why. There's a ton of wonderfully gross shit in it. And it's like, I don't know, just like you don't have to love the movie, but this is, there should be more. David Cronenberg should get to make more films. Mm-hmm. People like him should get yep. to make more films. Really, It's a really cool movie. And it's like, it has yeah. all these things that make it like The Matrix and Dark City, including like a resistance element, but it's not that. And I'm not going to tell you the end of the movie because mm. I, I want, I, right. it's one of the only movies I can recommend this week. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we didn't even really explain the basic plot. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is a video game designer uh, and they describe, they, a woman? You know, video games. Yeah. <laughs> Vi- video games in this reality are basically VR that you plug your body into. Mm-hmm. So like the matrix. They're organic and devices. Did, yeah. Figuring out what to do, where to go, what you can get away with. Do you have a mission or not? Or, yeah, it's it's weird. But that's one of the things that's awesome about it because the whole time they're discussing everything in this real above-it-all style trying to solve little puzzles mm. throughout the film. Oh, that's fine. And, uh, I do love puzzles. Ooh, that waiter over there is giving me the side eye. That means... All right. But it's it's really, really fun film. Existence. Mm-hmm. Exist, E-N-Z. That's how you spell it. I've said the name and I know you're going to say I didn't. It's everybody... The, I do have to say, though, like the way it's official... Mm-hmm. Title is like lowercase e, capital X. It's bad. Isdit and capital Z. Ugh, I don't like that. I feel like somebody <laughs> in the market department well. thought they were doing the right thing. There's a restaurant here in town that's like pretty good, but I hate going there because the name of it is Cool Beans with a K, with a K and, a and a Z. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like one of the best restaurants in town. I know. It's and, frustrating. And, uh, uh, well, it, I, we're going to get a lot more mileage out of that because, ooh, Viggo Mortensen didn't want to do a Cronenberg movie for once back then. Nope. Uh, back then, nope. He wanted to do a movie with Anna Paquin, Leah Shriver, and Diane Lane called Walk, uh, Walk on the Moon. A walk on the Moon. She was only 17 when she had me. Sometimes I just wish I was a whole other person. But in the summer of 69... Everything changed. A man walked on the moon. Woodstock went wild. And my mother became the woman she had always wanted to be. It's a tie-dye. No one will buy these. I don't know if they see you in one. Husband's gonna hate it. Okay, I can't play much more of this. Yeah. But uh, Walk on the Moon, it's... I never saw it. It's fine. It's... I watched it last year. Yeah. Yeah? It's... Yeah, it's cute. You know, Diane Lane was a teen mom. Now she's all grown up. And in, you know, a not very happy relationship with uh, Chris Doppelganger, Liev Schreiber. Mm-hmm. And it's 1969 and like sexy long hair Vito, Vigo Mortensen be giving her the eye. And yes. she's like, hmm, I think it's time for my summer of love. <laughs> I love the, the setting for it because so it's during the summertime and Liev Schreiber is like, he has to work, so he stays mm-hmm. in the city and then visits them on the weekend. And and Diane Lane and the rest of the and her and the kids like basically go to a summer camp for families. Like yeah. it's kind of yeah. Back it, in the day, you used yeah. to go up to the Catskills and stuff. So right. like, if Dirty Dancing wasn't a musical exactly. and was about the mom, it's a Dirty Dancing situation <laughs> for real. Yeah, and so and I kind of love that. And then Viggo Mortensen is a like traveling salesperson selling mm. groovy clothing to all the job. moms yeah oh. uh and then yes they embark on a love affair for the ages <laughs> i don't know it's cute it's well, very cute and it, it's more fun as like if you just watch it as like a period piece movie to see all the cool 
fashions and hair and everything. We have an almost love affair for the ages that is spawned from the next movie, which is also number one at the mm. box office. Oh. Uh, Pushing Tin. Yes. John Cusack, uh, Kate Blanchett, and Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie. I got a buddy in Denver who told me if this guy was like the best controller he ever seen. He's sort of um, interesting. I also heard he's kind of crazy. He let a 747 fly right over his head. <laughs> this is funny stuff. I say the guy's a loose cannon. Takes one to know one, Nikki. He brings it in steep and tight. He pushes tin. What's your problem with him? I don't like what he said about you. What did he say? He said you were attractive. Oh, I, I, this trailer sucks. I hate the title. Yep. And then I saw this and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is totally not bad. It's not bad. This is this is not, mm-hmm. not a bad film at all. It's okay. It's it's impossible to sell in a way that makes you want to see it. Like the trials and shit, tribulations of people who work in and around an airport. But, well, I mean, specifically air traffic controllers, yes. which I think is actually pretty interesting. I can make it sound... I, mm-hmm. The workplace so. parts of it, I actually found more interesting. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I did not rewatch this, for, but I remember I remember hating the idea that this movie even existed. And then I saw it and like, <laughs> this is all right. And, yeah. and Angelina Jolie's almost yeah. nude in it uh, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's directed by Mike Newell, did Four Weddings at a Funeral. It's written by Glenn and Les Charles, which is kind of a surprise. Guys behind Cheers. Um, I think it's their only screenplay. Mm. But, I mean, it would sort of be, yeah, whatever about, you know, yeah, the air traffic control part is kind of interesting, especially mm-hmm. to do that as a comedy when right. they say it's like such a stressful job. But also, really, it's about uh, cheating on your wife with yes. your enemy's girlfriend and weird stuff. And just, I... I forgot that Kate Blanchett was in it, and then watching the trailer, right. she looks so much like Jennifer Lawrence here. Oh yeah, she does. I'm, just, I'm so confused. Oh, but was... the lasting legacy of this was Billy Bob Thornton getting to uh, getting with his 20 uh, year younger co star Angelina Jolie playing his wife. It's it's, and, it's uh, creeping us out for years. It's so it's it, so embarrassing because you see on his face romance. how happy he is that he gets to do this. Yeah, and. <laughs> But he says all this embarrassing shit. I think it's that MTV Movie Awards or something. They come up and like, oh, we God. just fucked in the car. Ugh. We fucked. And they're in like the car still making here. out. She's yeah. like, won't let him talk. Cradling yeah. their their vial, each other's vial of blood in front of them. Like it's so embarrassing. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be like when I meet a young girl. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I gotta look so forward it, to something. It is just, yeah, it's kind of goofy that you know in the movie they're like, how the fuck did he get a woman like her? Because she just yeah, she looks amazing. Uh, and she's. Billy Bob is pretty attractive. In it's this. so weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, no, he's, he's all thinner. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of charisma and stuff. Right. But his vibe it's is still like. But he's supposed to like his character is supposed to be like, oh, he's the crazy loose cannon of air traffic control. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also too, like he's apparently part Native American, in oh. it, so he like wears a feather on his headset. Appropriate at work, yeah. which is. Visit a lot of reservations. They all do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I liked it more than I thought I would. I thought yeah. I'd be rolling my eyes during all of it. I did fall asleep and did not watch the, finish the ending, mm. but Sam filled me in, and yeah, okay. I think it's a, it's a charming little workplace comedy in a un, totally unexpected workplace, and uh, I don't yeah. know. It's 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 way more interesting that's, than it should be. Yeah, that's the only part that I, I like. I agree. Just kind of almost any time it gets into personal stuff, I it just feels too by the numbers. Well, it's like I'm not going to recommend, but 
Eh, it's just, it's harmless. The personal stuff just didn't make sense to me, honestly. Like, why would Angelina Jolie fuck John Cusack? Shouldn't even be into Billy Bob Thornton. That's a stretch. two (laughs) seconds for John Cusack to be like, yes, I'm going to cheat on my wife with her now and ruin my (laughs) life, basically. Like, have sex with someone who is married to a lunatic, which is Billy (laughs) Bob Thornton. And then, oh no, now it's going to wreak havoc on his life. I have no sympathy for that. Yeah. Uh, you knew what you were getting nope. into. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Some sympathy as a boy. Yeah. Uh, but we, no, actually, I, I take that back. I know why Angelina Jolie fucks him. It's because, like we talked about the other week, every woman about my age wants to fuck John Cusack because mm. of say anything. Mm, I see. Okay, that's true. Maybe a hold of a boombox on our anniversary. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, Sam went back and watched Say Anything on his own because Mm -hmm. of what we said, like how glowingly we talked about it, and he had missed it. And I was like, you know, it was like the evening. I was like in our bedroom reading, and I hear from strains from the living room in your eyes. And I'm like, are you watching (laughs) this by yourself without me? I'd love that. You know, I do that you wake up and you, with a faint glow on the television, Peter Gabriel, you walk in and Sam's crying. And <laughs> it's like she gave him a pen. She gave him a pen. Oh, okay, okay. I, I said we had to move on, but we really don't. There is not shit in this. I tried so hard on TV, y'all. I look too. And yeah. I have one thing, and I could not even find a clip of it. Yeah. But it's a TV movie. Going back to heavy stuff again, Swing Vote, not the one you're thinking of, with Kevin <laughs> Costner, uh, starring Andy Garcia, Bel- Harry Belafonte, and a bunch of other people. Basically, Andy Garcia is a new Supreme Court justice for SCOTUS, and he has to like he uses the swing vote on a big abortion case. Jesus. Uh, <sighs> what, a, what a week to be serious. I, I know. Thank God DVDs were out in this decade, because they yeah. weren't in the last. You could be watching whatever you want. Uh, for video games, it's even worse. Um, I found evidence of a game called Yogi the Easter Bear. Oh, no. And uh, uh. I couldn't find proof that that game existed, but the, the television special definitely did. Yogi the Easter Bear, which does have the distinction of being Don Messick's final performance as Yogi Bear, and that's important to mention. Oh. But other than that, Yogi Bear sucks, and I don't recommend anything he's ever done. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it for games. Let's go out with... Uh, uh, bling bling off Chopper City in the Ghetto by BG. Who's BG? Did I miss something? No, he's just BG. BG, baby. Off, is that off a soundtrack? Nope. All right. That's just out this week. That's out this week. Uh, so we'll close up with that. And Stay right hardcore. there, people. Uh, 2009 is going to get uh, even more heavy? Maybe. We'll see. My heart deal with anger because, nigga, I don't give a fuck. Stack my cheese up because one day I'm going to get his street life up. See, I don't discuss. Nigga out of line, gon' get his motherfucking head bust. Cash money, millionaires plus. I don't touch up, nigga, you can't fuck. 20 inches with TVs is a must. By the year 2000, I'ma gut out my boy. My little nigga 17, playing with six figures. Got so much ice, you can skate on it, nigga. With Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. And I just like, sometimes I go like, man, you know, if I just fixed one pothole, I would have done more for my community than 13 years of reporting on video games I've done for them. You yeah, know? you feel that way, but it's also like the you're, you are part of a, of a system of little things that do give people joy 
but the only but the parts of it you primarily see are the parts that give them an identity, which makes people mad. Yeah, that, what? Tyler, I'm years, I'm 11 years of podcasting every week. Yeah, of mainly of of getting a little bit of praise and getting a lot of people who hate you. Like it does it does take a little bit of a toll. I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've changed as a person because of the overwhelmingly negative feedback. All, all of our work gets. Yeah. And that's why I'm in therapy. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think you you changed something. Something in you got hurt or broke during a big event that happened, and I saw it. I think that I think that had a, a more. But it also but it, but it happened to me too. But you were more directly involved. Yeah, I think this. I think I brushed off the effect of that. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I don't know. Google my name. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back the time this week to see if there's anything worth a watch in and for the week april 19th through 25th man it is thin uh 50 years ago this week 1969 we've got uh, the first of question mark several versions of if it's to say this must be belgium this time with suzanne plachette and ian mcshane ian mcshane was once young you should look it up it's weird uh also out uh, uh episode of mystery science theater i like girl with gold boots but i'm not gonna tell anyone to watch that because uh it's crap now 75 years ago this week 1944 yeah betty grebel and pinup girl i guess is fun i'm actually gonna recommend because it's a thin week and i had to go digging so i found a movie 95 years old to recommend that came out this week 1924 saw the release of Sherlock Jr. starring Buster Keaton. I've, it's it's tough to debate which is Buster Keaton's best movie, probably besides The General. Everyone says The General. But then Steamboat Bill Jr., Sherlock Jr., a couple others out there as possibilities. Um, if you've never seen a Buster Keaton movie, uh, I totally recommend this or Steamboat Bill. They're short. They're like an hour, maybe. They're silent, but it's all physical comedy. It's all just meticulously set up. It's just... And he's just doing, you know, the comparison to Jackie Chan is perfect. He's doing these, like, outrageous things that should get him murdered. And he's doing them for your entertainment. So, hey, watch it. It's a movie that's almost 100 years old. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got to re- recommend this week. Uh, oh, it's going to pick up next week, though. We got one of our first uh, true foreign releases that I get to recommend. Yay! Anyway, so that's it. Sherlock Jr. for this week. Stay classic. It's the boss. It gets no better than this. Swimming and women, champagne sipping, gold in the wet, two ends of it. This living is so magnificent. Stop dreaming it. With a sensational style Far from being shallow Cause she caught me with a smile Try to figure out my style Maybe that'd take a minute But if all we got is time You can't be acting timid So we back to play Coming in with uh, Magnificent by Rick Ross Featuring John Legend 
off of Deeper Than, the, Deeper Than Rap, and that's going to be a weird transition for me to say. Diane, your classic corner, as always, excellent. But there's a new, there's a uh, relatively new Buster Keaton documentary by Peter Bogdanovich mm-hmm. called The Great <gasps> Buster. You should look for it. Is it is astounding and just to oh, look at that I'm guy's doing work. That. Literally, when I get off this mic, I'm going to go do that. Yes, I love Buster. Keaton. As far as a funny, per- funny stuff doesn't translate through the decades, but when the dude does stuff like Jackie Chan and Buster Keaton, will be the exceptions to that because that kind of physicality and comedy tends to last a lot longer. Anyway, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing funnier than a guy not reacting to almost getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Or his ability. Just, just walking along, and then a house falls on him, and then a tree picks him up and drops him somewhere else. And he grabs and onto he a moving car at full speed, walking. throws his own legs in the air, and like it's amazing. I'm surprised. And he just stops and looks at it like, hmm, that happened. Walk, 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 walk. And this shouldn't be the place to talk about it, Diana, but you know, uh, we, we, we should have talked more about Buster Keaton before. I, I am tangentially aware of... Like Charlie Chaplin is like vaguely blacklisted, doesn't make a lot more shit. Buster Keaton worked forever mm. in worse and worse things that are just nobody yeah. remembers. But he was a movie yep. star until his dying day and speaking in everything in movies that are the opposite of memorable or even mediocre. It's crazy. Uh, they show a lot of that, that miserable experience of his where he couldn't make his own, couldn't do his own thing anymore, but he was too famous yep. to quit. <laughs> Buster Keaton will transition us into 2009, April 19th sure. through 25th. <laughs> Whatever, it's our show. We do what we want. Uh, new releases out this week in the field of music Art Brute versus Satan by Art Brute, uh, The Infection by Chimera. And uh, Sounds of the Universe by Depeche Mode, Be Human by Fightstar, Love the Future by Chester French, The Long Fall Back to Earth by Jars of Clay, uh, Mean Everything but by no- Mean Everything to Nothing by uh, Manchester Orchestra, the self-titled debut of indie supergroup Tinted Windows, and uh, Asleep in the Bread Isle by uh, At- Asher Roth, Asher Roth, mm-hmm. which includes I Love College, one of the worst shows of all, <laughs> worst songs of all time. It is one of the worst songs of all time. It is. It is. It is. People Horrible. had people had similar it's opinions of Bewitched last weekend. Abhorrent, <laughs> like that that <laughs> no. song is. Let's close with it. Oof. That or Ramon's oh. Pet Cemetery. Uh, we got a good closer. I peeked <laughs> okay. ahead. Okay, okay. Yeah. Boom Boom Pow obviously is still number one. Um, Get yeah. used to it. Yes. Yeah, so let's jump right into the movies of April nineteenth to the twenty fifth. Christopher Madsen, B.G. Phillips, uh, Patrick Warburton, and when he could still act. Danny Masterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it made yeah, for each other. We got Masterson. Masterson mm-hmm. Brothers. Uh, this got terrible reviews, so I didn't even bother grabbing a clip. Right. But uh, it's Danny Masterson's new wife won't fuck him. And then he cheats on her with her sister. And then he decides, oh, if I can trick my wife into cheating, then everything will be okay. Hmm. Uh, cheating on your spouse, I guess, is going to be sort of a theme here. So yeah. When we get to the number one movie. Yeah. Workplace cheating. But uh, yeah, it sounds terrible. And even though I love Patrick Warburton, I'm glad he got a check. But I'm not going to watch this. Oh, so me neither. And uh, it, it's weird. The next movie has a title that I should normally find intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently asked questions about time travel. Sorry, Chris O'Dodd, Dean Lennox, uh, Mark Wooton, and uh, Kelly and Anna Ferris. The last round. A funny thing happened on the way to the bar. And Cassie, well, I repair time leaks. Very clever, Ray. You want to hear what happened or not? Absolutely. You're a time traveler. Bingo. Yes. <laughs> Three friends ran out of time and into a whole new dimension. I will see your time traveling hottie and raise you a pub full of dead bodies. It's Dr. 
to whom eat shot of the dead. I'll take your word for it. Uh, but it still mm. looks, how can this not be fun? I mean, the wig budget is obviously very low. <laughs> She's a time traveler. <laughs> that is a bad wig. Maybe that's what hats look like in the future. Bad wigs. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that like uh, some critics like this. I, I haven't watched it. Uh, I love Chris O'Dowd. I think he's really funny. Um, yeah, the idea of just some dudes hanging down the pub and then like time travel shenanigans start happening. That's fun, but well, a lot of reviews were just like, oh, this should have been so much better. They, they start out really great and it just doesn't work. Or It reminds me of like everything fun. Simon Pegg is in that isn't a J.J. Abrams franchise or mm-hmm. Edgar Wright. It's mm-hmm. always like a weird mm-hmm. conceptual British movie <laughs> where you know everything or you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want. Right. Run fast. Yeah. Uh, and I watched like 10 <laughs> minutes of it on Netflix like this isn't very good. What is, what is Mutant Chronicles? Oh, speaking of not very good, <laughs> wow, does this look bad. This Mutant Chronicles is a movie based on a role-playing game mm. uh, about a post-apocalyptic future where this, like, giant machine started turning people into, like, fast zombies, I guess, and it, like, oh, is no. destroying the world. And uh, John... A lot of people have moved to Mars and like John Malkovich is the leader of something. And then they're going to try to stop the bad mutants by sending Thomas Jane in with a squad. And it looks so bad. Just the physical look of it. They're going for something very distinctive. It looks like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, wow. If you watched it through wax paper. <laughs> oh, wow. Weird. It's just weird. It's just sepia and black and weird and muddy and every review is this is garbage and i don't know what i don't know what saudi millionaire financed this for their kid uh brother this looks bad uh i you made me want to watch sky captain because sky captain in the world of tomorrow is a wonderful movie to watch despite being terrible you're the one that saw it yeah oh I, i've seen it multiple times and the, the most fun thing about it is that it's such a modern movie by compared to the standards of what me and Diana watch, mm-hmm. uh, but it is done no favors by mm. the, the higher definition we get because it's all mm. it's all based on old shit made in C- a CG from 15 years ago. Gotcha. Because uh, it's it's like one of the first like no set movies. Ah. Yes. Um, anyway, the informers. So is also. Oh, I was gonna say if anyone to, you know, there's always someone who will go to bat right. for something. If anyone has anything to say about Mutant Chronicles, the movie, the game, the TV series, the breakfast cereal whatever go for it yes we will um, discuss that on our bonus do even, show <laughs> do you even want to look at a clip of it to see what i'm talking about yes. like yes yes oh I my do. god it looks bad god i knocked over everything reaching for the mouse yes and do you think that the enemy will stop with this world they'll follow you there is still hope what hope give me 20 soldiers and a ship and what can these 20 do that our armies could not? For a mission. Huh. Yeah, you know, save the world kind of thing. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. City of Ember? It looks like 11 other movies. Yeah, it does. I got At the beginning, I was getting a real snow Snowpiercer vibe. Uh, but with Tom Jane, Ron mm. Perlman, and John Malkovich, who, ref- who will never pull an accent. Don't ask him. He's got his own accent. It's called Malkovich. Malkovichian. <laughs> the way he talks. Hey, Billy Bob Thornton, make an appearance in two segments. Good on you. Uh, along hey. with Winona Ryder, Kim Basinger, Biggie Rourke, uh, Brad Renfro, and Amber Heard in The Informers. You can't really make it in this town unless you're really willing to do some awful things. There's no right or wrong. 
You don't know what they're capable of. They're like out of a nightmare. No consequences. Did you ever love me? Admit it, everyone. You all, like me, wanted this to be the story of Snow. The band... Group on the <laughs> yes, oh, but it, it is not. It is. It looks like a very serious movie with a bunch of waning movies. Uh, well, um, we. But this is a Brett Easton Ellis adapting his own ooh, short stories. Pass. Um, right, which is why you've got a lot of actors in it because they can just be in a little bitty part of it, including Brad Renfro. This is his last movie. Oh, he was no dead shit. by the time it came out. Oh, oh fuck. dang. All right, P. Brad. Yeah, Renfro. he was only twenty-five. Yeah. Wow. About it last year. Wow, wow, wow. You, um, you were my yeah, Tom Sawyer then, or Huck Finn. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it's such a mess like all these you know different stories going on in la and people are being horrible to each other but i think the weirdest thing i've this is one of the weirdest things i've ever read on like the imdb or something saying brandon routh was originally cast as bruce but is absent from the finished movie and they after a decision to excise all his vampire scenes what <laughs> so brandon routh played a vampire in this movie and then they decided to edit out any supernatural elements this movie's so good it doesn't even need vampire what wow. the fuck wow that feels like a Brad Easton Ellis move oh. Oh. yeah sort of like the latest oh, season of Game no. of Thrones doesn't need a dead Ugh. a dead zombie lady we don't need that um, yeah. oh. oh reviews were scathing it barely got a release uh, oh it's yeah 12% I think on Rotten Tomatoes yeah it's sounds bad but the, it sounds very bad the next movie is my biggest recommend of this entire decade well not the decade, this week in the decade you ever see anvil the story of anvil i have not a wonderful documentary about a little band that couldn't but almost did mm. and i love shit like uh, this oh uh, yeah anybody the, the ad tells you the ad sets it perfectly okay, it explains okay. the entire concept and, and what's going to happen next in the summer of 1984 anvil toured the world with the biggest bands in rock. These guys are gonna turn the music world upside down. All of them sold millions of records around the world. All of them, but one. One thing that's really good, man, is that we found those sleeping bags. This is where we yeah. learned how to play. Yeah. We're like brothers. We were just innocent kids. We didn't really know what we were doing. Crappy productions, crappy management. My name is Tiziana Rigoni, manager Anvil. It looks like she's booked us a tour. England, Belgium, Germany. This is going to be the biggest tour I've done in 20 years. Oh, I love this. Oh, I'm watching this tonight. Yeah, if you've seen like Searching oh, yeah. for Sugar it's Man. It's on Netflix right now. If you've, oh, Searching, Searching for Sugar Man is such a good documentary, but there's a lot of things they like sort of fake to like mm -hmm. make the movie. Right. Go. Not not fake, but just don't tell you so sure. the movie can unfold the way it does. Whereas Anvil's, it's mm -hmm. the metal version of that, but very upfront. This band that's been together forever. Never hit it to the top, but is, you know, sort of big in mm -hmm. certain foreign European territories with this little Canadian band. They all have side jobs, but they never let it go. Again, I think they make for a fascinating documentary subject, a metal band that yeah. just couldn't break up. It looks very charming. Years. It's, what's, so, what's so amazing about it is I spent so much time pausing the movie and Googling because I was convinced it was a fake documentary. Right. It sets oh. itself up. That's You heard Lars Ulrich in the clip. Yeah. You, like, it sounds like a yeah. fake, they're setting up a Ben Stiller piece from uh -huh. the MTV Music Awards or something like uh -huh. that. But yeah. it, it's real. Yeah. And they, they have Where, connections to all these huge bands. Yeah. But, but it's so, it seems like they're making so many references to Spinal Tap. Yeah. And really, I think these things are just happening and they're editing them in a way to make you confused. Like they're intentionally trying to make you feel like, is this even real or yeah. is this, mm -hmm. are they really this sad? Like, I mean, first of all, one of the members is literally named Rob Reiner. 
<laughs> oh my god! And I thought you're fucking lying to me. And then later in the movie, a dial is turned up to eleven, and I'm like, "Movie, you are fucking lying to me." And I look at him like, "No." And it's, it's no. Nope. They literally are going on a tour with a tour manager who barely speaks English, who didn't book train tickets in advance. They can't get to a show. Um, yeah. They wow. show up and like five guys are there. Oh man! And then yeah, then the club owner doesn't want to pay them, he, but he gives them some goulash. And <laughs> they're like. They are polite Canadian spinal tap. Yep. Yeah. It, because it, they are so Canadian. <laughs> and it's I and I had never even heard I'd never heard of them at all. We live in a world where no, it's like it's kind of impossible for a movie to break news to me, but mm-hmm. I'd never heard of Anvil mm-hmm. before. And this this did I mean they they tour in the States now. They're like it wow. makes yeah, people aware. They're touring of right of now. Yeah. Iowa, they are in town right now. Are they, that's them. so cool. They're, yeah. Like it, it brought couple, all this couple so, spots in Iowa right this, now. Charming, earnest band. It just you go through their history. They're touring with Bon Jovi and like White Snake and all these other famous people. They signed to Aerosmith's label, uh, wow. which ends up going tits up, but like and takes them with it. It's 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 all this. It's an incredibly weird story of people mm-hmm. on the periphery of huge stardom that just kind of yeah, never let. And, it's, and it's, it's 2009. This genre really, is dead. Yeah. And, and, uh, they, they yeah, never, but it's also up. really sweet because yeah. I mean they all have like other jobs you know the lead singer works for like a school district catering thing making school lunches and but he's just so happy like and then in his spare time he gets to fucking rock out and that's just his job and then he's a dad and he's a husband and then he goes up on stage and fucking rocks out and and then he just goes back to you know helping the kids with the lunches I, I, but I th- they won't give it up, not because they want stardom, but because they love what they, they do. They love it, and I, and I, I this this is what three out of five parts Spinal Tap, and then a little bit of King of Kong, and a little bit of American Movie. Oh, and those are all yeah. all docs American that make me Movie. Super happy. Yes. yes, I got those vibes. Yes, yeah, charming, although not not as inept, but because they're they're fucking no. fine musicians. Just, yeah, yeah, they're good musicians. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of their songs are a bit of me, but it's none of this is yeah, for me. I don't are... listen to stripper music. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, just a lot of fun, and it's really short too. It barely cracks an hour and a half. Yeah, but you still feel like you really get to know them, and they go through like everything that can go wrong with a band mm. goes wrong. But <sighs> you just they they persevere, man. They're they're just adorable underdogs. Uh, and like I said, on Netflix right now, total recommend for the week. This might be my number one recommend for the week. As a person working on the periphery of entertainment who is constantly kicked in the dick, I cannot get behind this movie anymore. Mm. Uh, I love it. Yes. I love so it. So summon your inner anvil when you start getting kicked <laughs> in the dick. There you I'm go. Trying. It's going to be, you just keep going and you just rock out, man. Uh, mm. Oh, my God. The scenes of them like at this this big mass rock show talking to the other guys behind the stage is oh my god i could just watch that for like five hours i'm like hey it's like guitarist from thin lizzy like hey remember me <laughs> no we were playing this festival together and i was i was playing the guitar with this dildo <laughs> <laughs> oh no you don't remember oh, with oh, the that's drill okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but yeah that's that's one of my biggest recommends this entire episode mm-hmm. like this this movie's fantastic yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you need encouragement, you creative people out there, like maybe, I don't know, maybe if you toil long enough, someone will make a documentary about you there you and go. go legit. Uh, also out this week, uh, Jesus t- fighting. What the fuck is fighting? I forget. Oh. This isn't what do you the, think? well, this isn't the, uh, I remember, who, David Mamet made a movie. No, that's, that's a different film. Sorry. This isn't David Mamet film. It's Channing Tatum's in it. Terrence Howard, Brian J. White, Louise Guzman, and Zule, uh, Henia, Henio? Hanao? Now. For Sean MacArthur, every day was a struggle to get by. 
until he was given a chance to be something more. You like to fight? Or I have to. I can make you five thousand dollars. Got you interested, huh? But everything. Okay, okay. Fighting movie with Channing Tatum and Terrence Howard. <sighs> Uh, I can tell you this movie scene for scene, and I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But he does take his shirt off a lot. So, two of the three of us are into it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. Terrence Howard is going to help him become an underground fighter. Oh, can he trust him? I bet not. And in the end, maybe they fight. (laughs) They may be a girl. I don't know. But, okay. So, we can move on to the next one because the. This is a movie I don't want to talk about in the slightest because it looks so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. But something I... involved <laughs> something involved in it like makes me want to talk about it. Cause I am I have always been, always been a massive fan of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And being a Marvel fan and finding out he's cast as Iron Man and that turns out all right, it's like this is great. This guy I love and kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and less than zero. The whole world now knows who's who he is, and like mm-hmm. he can transition this into the movie star he was always meant to be, despite a couple of trips uh in the nineties. We're gonna and so this is the first thing Robert Downey Jr. is in after a splash like Iron Man, and it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's this yeah. sad mix of like schmaltz, the fucking. It's the sad mix of like Shine and Rain Man, mm-hmm. uh, the soloist with Jamie Foxx, Robert Downey Jr. and Katherine Keener. This spring, you only got two strings. I've had a few setbacks. Me too. As a guy, he's got a gift. Experience the remarkable true story. I'm Steve Lopez, LA Times. I want to write about you. Of one unlikely friendship. I've never loved anything the way that he loves music. That will change two lives. Do you want an opportunity or not? It's impossible. It can't happen. Jamie Foxx, Robert Downey Jr. Come on, you can do it. The soloist. The soloist. Oh, oh it'll really I pull on the heartstrings. Oh. And the only dumb memory I have that I, where else am I going to rattle this off? I watched this trailer, saw for the first time, and it's going to sound really quaint, on the E! Channel's coming attractions. Remember there was a TV channel that yes. could just show new yes. trailers as part of their programming? Uh-huh. Oh, that's what I, you wouldn't have to prepare anything. <laughs> just show some trailers. Uh, I, I never saw this movie. This looks, this looks like sad Oscar bait. Yeah. Sad Oscar bait. Yeah. Bomb like yeah. a motherfucker. I mean, it's, yeah, bomb like a motherfucker. They make its money back. I love the Wikipedia page at the bottom. It's like, see also white savior narrative in film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's based on a true story that, you know, uh, this guy's a talented musician, but he has uh, some mental health problems and he becomes homeless and he's playing and then uh, his journalist comes and helps him. Mm. Yay! Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to the number one movie of the week. That's, that's good. Like, no, pretty much everyone was like, "Yeah, it's another movie where it's like I can tell you almost how it's going to go scene for scene. No yep. one cares." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm gobsmacked this directed by Joe Wright, whose previous movie was Atonement, which oh. I have railed about how much I love that. And he also did Pride and Prejudice, and I think he did the Anna Karenina too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not really this his is, this, bag. It seems like his Hollywood sellout picture. Yeah. Get a lot of money. They want you yeah. to make this. You don't want to make this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've, I've actually never heard of the number one movie at the box office. Oh, you haven't. I've seen oh, the names God. next to his oh. name, which seems strange. Yes. Allie Larder, uh, Idris Elba, and Beyonce Knowles in Obsessed. Obsessed. Lisa, it's my wife, Sharon. Hi. Lucky girl. If someone wanted your husband, I'm happily married. All right. Get out of my car right now. If they threatened your family... You came into my house. You touched my child. How far will you go... You think you're crazy? ...to protect what's yours? I'll show you crazy. 
obsessed with it PG-13. <laughs> Tell me you've seen this. Of course I have. Oh, uh, this looks terrible. <laughs> it's oh, You know what else looks sort of terrible? Hmm. Idris Elba without facial hair. I didn't realize I wasn't a fan until until looking at the trailer yeah, of this. Yeah, I prefer yeah. him with a beard for sure. Maybe? But, um, Oops. yeah. Beyonce as... Uh, in the victim role for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would never call her a victim necessarily mm-hmm. in this movie. So this movie is, you see every single plot point that co- mm-hmm. that's coming from like miles ahead. And yeah. so that's like the a big problem. But it's still fun. I guess. I, I think yeah. it, I it look was, at... It was just... Ugh. No, it was Fatal Attraction without any subtlety. Yes, yeah. and exactly. Fatal Attraction does not have a lot of subtlety, but at least it has things you can sort of debate. Like, mm-hmm. he's sort of wrong, and she's sort of right, but she's sort of crazy, and blah, blah, blah. No, in this... No, Allie Larder, just be crazy. Yep. You know, white women be crazy. <laughs> and, uh... And I, yes, I just, yes, I just, just look at it. I look at it, and all I can see is the power of Beyonce. Because this movie doesn't get made mm-hmm. with like even like a big name leading actress. They're, mm-hmm. they're depending on people to go see the first Beyonce movie because mm-hmm. this is such a dumb concept. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not the, not first, the first Beyonce, Beyonce movie. movie. Oh, and it's not which one? Well, we yeah. just had Cadillac Records. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. I wouldn't say it's good. I had a fun time with it. <laughs> nice trash. I, I mean, everyone in it is gorgeous, and I'm always yeah. down for that. And Allie Larder just plays a – she really does play a crazy white lady very well. <laughs> like, she's mm-hmm. basically made for the role. Um, but, yeah, it's not great. It is fun. It's a fun movie to drink and watch, like, in a group of people, certainly, because mm. it yeah. is – every single beat you can see from a mile away. And Jerry yeah, O'Connell's in it. makes you it. feel smart. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry O'Connell's in it, and he plays a kind of a fun, the fun sidekick that's like, oh, look at that. Mm. Look at the walking sticks on that dame, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Those ankles go all the way up? No, Jerry. That's yeah. not what an ankle is. Yeah. Um, but, um... I don't know. I like it. I, but I like everyone involved in it. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah. The best thing is, is that I watched it with Sam and like he got, he was like kind of distracted towards the beginning. He was like, I, did I miss anything? And I was like, well, <laughs> you missed where they showed exactly how the movie is going to end because there's a big showdown in the house and they fully lay out oh. exactly how it's going to end by showing certain shots of the house. Like, here you go, guys. We'll put this glass coffee table right, right under the chandelier. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, this heavy Maltese Falcon with the grip at the top. <laughs> My or- favorite heirlooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so without subtlety to the point where it is pretty funny, I think. Do you think the spikes yeah. on the fence make a, give a bad look to the neighborhood? <laughs> no. No one can get high enough to... Do you think we should maybe do something besides put some plywood boards down in our attic just in case, I don't know, someone's chasing me up there? Yes. Someone Daniel Stearns through that fucking thing. Yeah. Well, that's obsessed. It's number one. Yeah. Deservedly so, according to Sarah. Um, <laughs> uh. It's yeah. I mean, there's good trash and there's bad trash, and this is it was pretty watchable trash. It's just like yeah, it's exactly. fine. The world needs it's fine. That. Yeah, it's, it's everyone's being so they're beautifully shot. Everyone, yeah. everyone's cheekbones are amazing. Yeah. Again, I, I mentioned the Highwayman earlier because I was watching it last night to relieve some stress, and like this movie fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. But it is a, it is a, it is just it's just like a cool breeze, like the mm-hmm. air conditioning at sixty seven. Like I don't yes. have to. This film's not going to challenge me mm-hmm. in any way. Right. I, this is really relaxing. 
Um, but let's move on to television, April 19th to the 25th, because we have a very big debut for television. Yeah. Got to say, they could have waited a day till 4.20, because we finally have the Cake Boss. Cake Boss. <laughs> Thank you Wait, so much for Cake Boss. Oh, sorry. I pulled a little bit of an interview with the Cake Boss, <laughs> okay. uh, because, I don't know, I find the show extremely boring, so... All right, a movie watch. Welcome to the show, Cake Boss. Thank you so much for dropping Cake by. Boss. Uh, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you, Cake Boss. Thank you for having me, Scott Oxum. It's a pleasure to be in uh, whatever this is. You look frightened. Is everything okay? I don't get it. It's like a fake place. <laughs> so, so I need to get. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's gonna. Think I don't this is know. Funny besides me, no, I will this because is all I think of when I think of Cake Boss. Right, Cake Boss. Yeah. I, I I have not actually seen the show Comedy Bang Bang, oh, but I've heard great. the podcast, and I've also seen. Paula Tompkins live who does introduce himself <laughs> off stage as the cake bus. He does. Uh, That's so good. I, but I, he's been doing it so long. I don't, I've never seen the cake bus. I don't know who that guy is. Buddy something. Buddy Valestrino Vala, or something. Yeah. yeah. Valestro, yeah. I have Valestro. no idea what he, what he sounds like. So, so to me, the impression is the IRS there. What's going on? <laughs> you all right. Is someone banging down your door? Oh, someone's nailing something. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've never seen an episode of Cake Boss because honestly, okay, it's just a weird thing this with, this cake is fire! <laughs> it's just, it's a weird thing with me. With That's what this, I think they do. With all those like baking shows, so I love great British baking, bake, baking show. I was about to say mm-hmm. Bake Off, I don't think that's it. But, um, and, yeah, it is. oh, it is Bake Off. <laughs> okay. I do love that one. <laughs> I do love that one. I don't love these cake and dessert shows where it's like all these intricate sculptures on the cake because yeah. I just see everyone's fucking gross, sweaty hands handling all the icing and stuff and like all the, um, you know, the modeling icing that they use. And I'm like, ugh, it's been yeah. touched so much. Do you I, want to eat that? I think. No, I, I hate heavily decorated stuff because, I mean, A, you're asking for the impossible. Like these, have, it's very artistic with these people can do but i also know that fondant tastes gross and i don't want to eat it and i hate the expectations it's put on everyone and all the pinterest fails and oh they thought they could make those cupcakes but no they all came out all fucked up and that is why um nailed it is the best show on television Mm, anyway fuck that shit because i just nailed it no No? i've seen a little bit of it yeah nicole byer i love yeah it's on netflix and it's just regular schmucks trying to uh do cake box boss type things and failing horribly and it's just, but they try damn it it's the idea of like making something mean out of fucking pastries you're gonna throw in dramatic music in a crane shop and turn someone into a loser <laughs> for making goddamn cakes bullshit it's not the world i want to live in apparently like the actual cake boss bakery like still has lines down mm. the street for people to oh, get I'm in sure. and taste their wares um I assume the name it's so the name isn't about firing cakes no it's, he, oh, they, they more mean like this is the I bruce wish. springsteen of cakes he's the boss <laughs> of cakes uh in weirder hey, news uh, a show i tuned in day one to watch really it's it feels nuts and then i went to go look for clips and like there's no fandom for this yeah but uh if you were like me and sarah and diana as far as i know you mm-hmm. were massive fans of arrested development mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the first new show from mitch hurwitz is a fox animated show like with a cast that includes, what is it? Uh, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman again, uh, Christian Shannon with Will Forte, Tom Kinney, Nick Kroll, Sherry O'Terry, Keenan Thompson, and Henry Winkler. Uh, yeah. Holy shit, I can't wait to see what this is about. This is on network television, so it's going to look better than Adult Swim, and it, it 
doesn't and it's not good mm-hmm. and it was no. it didn't it wasn't innovative at all, at all it was it just struck me as someone who was making an animated show who'd never seen an animated show and i'm even more there's even more flummoxed to learn that it's based on an, a live action australian show so what was the impetus what? behind this yeah and, and mitch hurwitz's career following season three of arrested development you know what we just had, did that show on laser time about mallory o'mara who mm-hmm. dug into the story of Millicent patrick the unsung creator mm-hmm. of a it makes me believe, was there someone else who made Arrested Development great that wasn't Mitch Hurwitz? Because mm. every other show I've seen with him, like, this does not have yeah. any of the stuff, even further episodes of Arrested Development. Yeah. This is not the same. What's happening? This is this flavor sucks, and I love you. What I, I do like him as Coogler on Community. That's fantastic. But uh, Mitch, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 this animated show, Sit Down, Shut Up, mm-hmm. it airs four episodes, which is... It's something that canceled shows do, which is like animated shows after cable always end up finding a home somewhere. Comedy Central and Cartoon Network didn't mind like taking up a six season animated show and showing mm-hmm. it on cable because it's expensive and it looks good for your channel. This never appeared again mm-hmm. from the maker of Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Sit down, shut up. There's no clips, clips on YouTube. Uh, I think there's some full episodes zoomed in, zoomed into the right side of the screen Ooh. and Fox doesn't care to protect them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but Parks and Rec, at least that's funny. That airs three, th- four days later. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to keep talking about Parks and Rec. Do it. Um, but And I didn't pull any clips. I was really trying. So this one's called The Reporter. Basically, um, Leslie gives a disastrous interview to the newspaper reporter in town, played by Allison Becker as Shauna Mulway Tweep, which is a great name. And I mean, I I think going for I'm not going to make this the Parks and Rec show, mm-hmm. but going forward, I do want to try to highlight the episodes where they you first meet these like side characters that are so great and there's so many of them so just get ready everyone but she becomes like a long time adversary of of Leslie the romantic (laughs) rival of Leslie because she eventually in this episode she sleeps with Mark Brandanowitz and then later on in the season or in the um, in the series she Mm. also has a dalliance with uh, Adam Scott oh okay yeah and like the best thing and please someone do this for me as a birthday present Put together a clip package of all of the times that Leslie Nope suggests uh, headlines to Shauna Mulway tweet <laughs> because it's one of my favorite things that ever exists. She's always trying to like suggest headlines for the article and it's like 70 words long. Yeah. And I, my favorite one was... Then Leslie did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one was gazebo, more like gazoinksbo. <laughs> like talking about gazebo. Like Why? So. And I love it. It's a small town paper, and you think the joke's going to be about that, but the, she's kind of ditzy. But her articles are always like serious journalism yes, yeah. a, against <laughs> the person at the Parks and Rec department. And she's she's like a perfectly nice person yeah. who is basically like always unlucky in love and just trying to make her way in the world. Mm-hmm. And then Leslie just is always her adversary. It's <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah. She seems like like one of the only decent people in town right. honestly yeah exactly. yeah she does seem like a little ditzy but i mean look small town reporter small town papers is where you start your career or you end your career mm-hmm. i feel like she's maybe been there a little long she's probably you know spread her wings and fly start applying at bigger papers but she seems to be doing like a decent job yeah. she actually and she just quotes and cares about stuff she's just trying to find and, some I love mean, she, yeah, she didn't sleep with a source the first night she met him. It's this, this person that the source has a crush on. Yeah. That's different. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Allison Becker. Probably shouldn't have done that, though. Because, I mean, she might need to get a, sort, a quote from him later on something else. Yeah. You well, generally don't want to uh, fuck your way through City Hall if you're the yeah. City Hall reporter. <laughs> 
Yeah. Speak for yourself, new goals. Allison Becker <laughs> is a very interesting follow on Instagram too because mm-hmm. she does yeah. a thing that I'm like so intrigued by called audition looks where she hmm. does kind of as a service, I guess, to anyone who's like a struggling actress or, you know, working in the field where she posts pictures of um, different her in like different outfits and then underneath it in the caption posts, this is what they were asking for in the audition. So it'll be like suburban mom who, you know, loves her kids but is secretly learning, yearning for a job or whatever. <laughs> and so she's like, this is what I wore for this audition. And like, I don't know. I just find it really fascinating to see like what these sort of casting audition calls actually look like. And some of them are pretty bad. So yeah, I would check that out. Okay. Parks and Rec, baby. It's all on Netflix too. And moving into the underwhelming video games of 2009, and it is very much Ah. underwhelming. Uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam 2, Xenoclash. That's a pretty cool game. It's a first person game, but it's a fighter. So you 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 don't see the character's face. It's just through his eyes and you punch people. And the the game that caused Nintendo to chain suitcases of code to their wrists and drill down a uh, debug Wii to our tables at Games Radar, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Excite Bots Trick Racing. They were, Nintendo was so sure professional people would uh, pirate this ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous waggle-based Wii Remote sequel to Excite Bike that involves giant frogs and weird monsters mm-hmm. that they uh, chained a thing to our desk that we weren't allowed to touch and if it ever became disconnected we'd get a call from Nintendo wow. because of course we're going to steal all their games and give them to the internet uh, that was that fun times fun times there's there, there's got to be a place where you can dump those stories well we do this week next week on bonus time Tyler and I talk a little bit about working in the games industry 10 years ago mm. uh, which is always fun and fascinating to me that there was there were actual industries outside of YouTube conclaves to uh, talk about these things that we all know and love. Um, but that is about it for the show. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com or patreon.com slash lasertime, which supports this show and Video Game Apocalypse, as well as uh, Laser Time, which this week is all about celebrity guests on, at WrestleManias, because we just wrapped WrestleMania, and I thought it was a good one. Uh, it also has a new Listener Strike Back show, where you guys get to give your opinions on some of the things we talked about, maybe, uh, maybe come with a little further information of things you loved and didn't like. And of course, personal an- anecdotes to encourage, even if it's not related to the quality of said movie, because those are always fucking hilarious. If you, if you, if you remember a traumatic childhood or teenage event based around a movie or yes. TV show coming out, I eat those up. motherfucker. I, I live on those. Them's my gas. Um, die. Where are you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at listening nerd, L E C I N E N E R D. Or, uh, tweeting for podcast stuff at 30 podcast 302010 podcast right tease what's coming up uh, uh i should tease next week uh one of the worst superhero movies ever mm. yay <laughs> yeah. okay i agree but a funny bad one like I... everything about it is so wrong that it i find it hilarious i mean i know you can cheat and look ahead but i am still not ready to laugh it's <laughs> like i can even like might even have a receipt for it somewhere i was so happy to go see this yuck <sighs> Yuck, but Diana, who died? Hey, getting into births and deaths. A lot of deaths this week. In 1989, we lost co-founder of Black Panther Party, Huey Newton. He was 47. He was murdered by another guy with a rival Black Party, apparently. Mm -hmm. And uh, novelist Daphne du Maurier, who's 82, wrote Rebecca and my cousin Rachel, Mm -hmm. and the story The Birds is based on. Then, more of them. In 1999, we lost Buddy Rogers, who was 94. He starred in the very first movie to win Best Picture Oscar, wow. Wings. Wow. Uh, and in 2009, oh, two that hurt me bad. 
Jack Cardiff, who is 94, uh, he was a director and especially a cinematographer, literally one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. Mm. And we lost B. Arthur, who was 86. Oh, that one hurts. She was my spirit animal. She's amazing. I have a painting of her on my side <laughs> of the bed, on the bedroom, Ooh. in our bedroom. She's amazing. Uh, she was the best. And it was only after she died, it came out that she'd been a Marine. What? Like what? she didn't yes. want to tell anyone That's that right. during the war. I didn't want anybody to know I killed all those harmless germs. <laughs> <laughs> Good and be she, Arthur. She's also always, you know, really involved with uh, LBGT causes. And yeah, she's a good lady. Be Arthur, man. Yeah. Good dame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a tough old broad. But I mean, being like six feet tall and with a deep voice back in the day, it, it can't be easy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I knew. It. I didn't know her. I didn't know her face. All I knew about her was that she was a punchline for ugly. Oh, That's all yeah. I knew about her growing up. Uh, but anyway, with the, with the deaths, let's uh, have a little rebirth. Maybe society can follow suit. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. Okay, birthday we quiz. got a good one for birthday quiz. Uh, happy 40th birthday to uh, this person, born April 21st, 1979, in Glasgow. Glasgow. Okay. We got us a Scottish fella. Scottish fella, okay. Yep, uh, he acted in youth theater because he had a crush on a girl. And then he got some TV parts, including Band of Brothers, White Teeth, and the original TV version of State of Play that we talked about, like, last week. Um, not, um, what's his name? Not James McAvoy, because that's what Sarah was going to say. <laughs> I'm trying to see if this is registering. No? Is that a no, Diana, what Sarah was going to say? I'm refusing to answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, not James, is it James McAvoy? It is James McAvoy. Yeah, I got it. No. You said not James McAvoy, God and I it. got it. Yeah. God damn it. Nicely done. Yeah, no, we. I didn't realize we've covered a bunch of James McAvoy yeah. movies, considering that he only started in movies in like early 2000s. Starter for 10, Becoming Jane, Atonement, Last King of Scotland, and Wanted. Wow, Wanted, yeah. baby. Yeah, he was the only All Scottish actor I could yeah, think of. Sort of made, but the rest of them I really liked. He's right around my age. And uh, what did he do? Filth was that a? Did he do a Urban yeah. Walsh? Yeah, it, uh-huh. it's a fun film. I love that guy. Mm. I wish he was in yeah. more stuff. Uh, God damn it! Well, glass. He's always in stuff I hate from people and properties I like. Mm. He's in X Men mm. movies. <laughs> Splits well, really. I, I like I liked First Class and Days of Future. Yes. Past. Yes. That was called. Yeah, I like I. Like those both an awful lot, actually. But he's such. I haven't bothered to see that other one. He's such a great lead and wanted a franchise that never took off. Yeah, and it's it is mm. a fun it is a fun fucking movie though. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> stupid as hell. We talked about it, but it's it is fun. Anyway, that is it for and our. Again, sh- I will continue to stand for Atonement. Mm. That movie is fucking great. Anyway. All right, that is it for our show. You again, you can. Uh, the show is executive produced by David Reinhardt and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time who help keep all of our shows going for the price of a cup of coffee every month. And that's why we give you exclusive episodes of this show as well as a bonus show every week where you can hear what we're doing and what we're keeping up with. Thanks to our supporters so much. It's, it was, it's crucial during tax time and especially hard one for me personally this year. Uh, ha ha. Yes, I know. I'm bad at taxes. Uh, but yes. Oh, but it might have... This time it actually wasn't your fault for once? Yeah, they don't know that yet, though. I don't think they want to hear <laughs> their boy complain about taxes. Uh, but uh, anyway, thank you guys so much. Next week, oh, man, bad superhero movies. I think a huge celebrity death, mm-hmm. and, but less depressing news. So taking us out will be, of course, 
uh, smash into you by Dave Matthews Band. I mean Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyonce <laughs> from the Obsessed soundtrack. Smash into you, baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> Still sounds like Aaron uh, Neville. <laughs> <laughs> Still recovering from a little sickness. My life sucks, but yours doesn't have to. Go watch something you like. Uh, 30 2010. We'll see you next Go week. Go watch Amdell. <laughs> yeah.